This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. On the Exxon Broadcast Network, our broadcast affiliates, satellite program providers, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network. All you need to do, my friends, is go to www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exonation, is Billy Carson. He is the founder of ForbiddenKnowledge.com. He is also an avid blogger and social media manager. He currently owns and manages over a dozen social media accounts with followers totaling over one million. Billy Carson is an expert host on the new original streaming series by Gaia named Deep Space. This series is an exploration of the secret space program and the types of technologies being used along with their potential origins. Billy Carson is also the co-founder of the United Family of Anomaly Hunters, and the acronym is UFAH. Billy is also the CEO of Pantheon Elite Records, which is a conscious music record label. Billy has combined forces with the top anomaly hunters in the world to form the United Family of Anomaly Hunters. Their mission is to provide enough evidence of past and present life on Earth and other celestial bodies inside our own solar systems of technologies being used along with their potential origins. The group claims to have pioneered two new fields of science, archaeoastronomy and astroanthropology, and Billy feels that these will be actual college courses in the not-so-distant future. Joining me now is Billy Carson. Billy, welcome to the Exxon. I'm here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great having you, my friend. Um, tell me, how did you get in, into all of this? All the, uh, all the, you know, the things that, well, that you're into. You're a busy guy. I'm a very busy guy. It's a, it's a very short bio, actually. But 
Um, you know, it started a very long time ago when I was a child uh, living in Opelika, Florida, in Miami, Florida, a, a little city called Opelika, and we lived by the Opelika Airport, and I would go outside. This is in 1977, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I would go outside in my backyard and watch the planes go over. And one day I went out in the backyard to watch the planes go right. over. And it, was a, it wasn't a plane. <laughs> um, it was something else that cleared the horizon in like less than three seconds, which planes can't do, as far as I knew, from my perspective at that age. And um, that immediately started me on a research path that took me up into the current day. You know, so this goes all the way back to the 1970s. Let me ask you, let me ask you, based on the work that you've done over the years and your own sighting, are UFOs real? I believe that they are unequivocally 100% real, and I don't believe that they're multidimensional. I believe, my personal belief is that they are, they hide in multi-spectrum, but they are physical objects with physical people inside. Because I had a second experience in uh, 2008 where I had um, a sighting. Mm -hmm. And I just believe, based off that and all the research that I've done from traveling around the world and visiting some of these ancient sites and looking at some of these actual artifacts of uh, you know, ancient bones and skulls and so forth, that right. these were real flesh and blood people with real craft. So when you say hiding in the, in the different spectrum, would that be like a cloaking device that they use? Absolutely. See, human, human vision is very limited. Right. We can only see a very small spectrum of light wave patterns. Uh, these these uh, these vehicles that they use, they're able to cloak in the ultraviolet and multi-spectrum lighting. And how you know this, or how we know this, is mm -hmm. because the cameras on the ISS, the International Space Station, have a multi-spectrum camera. Right. When they switch from normal mode to multi-spectrum mode, that's when we've seen a lot of the anomalies in space mm -hmm. when they used to have the live feeds. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then they started shutting off the live feeds. Absolutely. They started shutting it down. But if you buy a ghost finder, which you can get them on eBay, which is a multi-spectrum camcorder, mm -hmm. open the exposure and let it run for three or four hours or, you know, up at the sky. Right. You'll be amazed at some of the things you come back and pull down on your computer. And you'll be like, I did, had no idea that was out there. There's a lot of stuff going on up there. A lot of stuff. Hey, Billy, uh, we've got to take our first break. Please stand by. Great having you with us. And explanation, Billy Carson is our special guest. He is the founder of ForbiddenKnowledge.com, and that's the number four, B-I-D-D-E-N-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E.com. And uh, Billy and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exome from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exome Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, 
X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Exonation, Billy Carson is my special guest, and he is the founder of ForbiddenKnowledge.com, and that's the number, ForbiddenKnowledge.com. Billy, uh, do you think that we're any closer to having disclosure when it comes to the UFO phenomenon? Um, that is a good question. I don't think we're any closer unless uh, we have somebody that really breaks rank and an active person, not a retired person. We've had a lot of retired people yeah. come forward. We have to have somebody that's active, that's in the spotlight, that comes forward and really breaks rank and exposes it. Uh, Until then, it's going to be kept silent. And the reason why is because uh, just like in ancient times, anytime an emperor or a king had Mm -hmm. any type of a form of advanced technology, whether it be a better sword, whether it be balloon technology, whatever the case may be, it was always kept extremely, extremely secret and silent uh, so that none of the enemies can you know, discover that they had it and try to steal it from them. Uh, and I think that uh, this uh, UFO uh, situation that we're in right now, is, is, is uh, there's a lot of knowledge being withheld by the governments of the world, and I believe that they truly have accessed some of these, these UFOs uh, via crashes and maybe even through negotiations and have re- reverse-engineered some of the technology, and they want to keep that information to themselves. But if, but if the governments of the world are privy to this information, Billy, then why the secrecy? You know, in, instead of taking the, the, um, the technology that they can use to their advantage, isn't it, wouldn't it be better for mankind if we were just to have open disclosure and, and maybe these visitors could actually help us solve the problems that we face in everyday life? That's absolutely... See, you're a sane person saying that, but the people that are running this planet are not sane. Ah. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, they thrive on on power. They don't need money. Money is just an obstacle uh, or, or ends to the means to the end. They they, they thrive on power and control, uh, and they don't want to give up that power and control uh, to anyone at this point. And and the people who control space, which right now is a military industrial complex, controls what goes on on this planet. Every war, every modern war has been won from space, meaning through satellite technology through uh, microwave technology and through drone technology and low Earth orbit technology, we've been able to take over this entire planet, we meaning the United States or the military industrial complex. So they want to keep control of the space by any means, because by control of the space, they literally have control of this entire planet. The, uh, the visitors that are, that are being seen by millions of people around this planet of ours, do you believe based on your own ex- your own experiences, your own sighting, your own encounter, and I'm sure many that you've heard of since then, do you believe that these, these visitors pose a threat to humanity? I think there's a little bit of both. Some 
uh, are a threat in terms of what they're trying to do, which would be the Greys, I truly believe, just based off of all the research and everything that I've looked into, that some of them are really trying to create a hybrid species in wherein by they can, they can obtain a, a soul or a spirit uh, or obtain higher levels of consciousness mm -hmm. through, uh, through genetic manipulation. Because I truly believe that they are a plant type of a grown biological android uh, and that have long, long outlived their predecessors or their progenitors. Uh, but there are some, when you look into the ancient tablets and the ancient texts, that these ETs that we look like them, uh, you know, they basically genetically modified us to the state that we're in right now. Some were very good and some were very evil. Some would, uh, would exercise their right to uh, exterminate humans, you know, and by the multitude, uh, poison their crops, release plagues on humans. This is all in ancient texts. Some then would come and try to save humans and and, empath and you know, empathize with them and uh, and show love and even marry and have children with mm -hmm. them, uh, which banished them from their own home planet. So there's a combination of you know both good and bad, kind of the old yin and yang. It seems to permeate the entire universe. It seems that uh, the 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 examples that you just gave us now are are depicted in the Bible between heaven and earth. Absolutely, absolutely. Gotcha. Matter of fact, I'm in a new series on Gaia named Ancient Civilizations, and in episode uh, three, we, we talk about that, where, you know, in, in, the, in Genesis, it's uh, talking about this god named Satan, who now we call Satan, which is actually Enlil, and then, uh, you know, he's uh, basically just disturbed that his brother Enkihad, who they call this, this, this you know, the serpent, had right. come in and, and gave knowledge to, to the uh, Adam and Eve. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's really going back to Babylonian Sumerian texts, even predating the Bible. The Bible kind of took that information and shortened it up and put it into a more plagiarized version. Fascinating. Let's 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 hop into the future, so to speak, or let's warp into the future. Uh, I'd like to talk to you about uh, the moon landings. Mm -hmm. I I have to ask you. Um, did NASA fake the moon landings? Like I've had Bart Sabrell on the show, and I've had others who who say, yes, we never went to the moon. What is your opinion? It's a fantastic question, and I'm so glad we're finally having a chance to get it out there because nobody ever hears both sides of the stories typically in this conversation now. That's true. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? Yes, we went to the moon, and yes, we lied about it. Okay, this is what people need to understand. It's not just one-sided. Uh, we sent missions to the moon in terms of uh, satellites and probes long before the... Uh, Apollo missions got there, okay? Yes. We knew what was up there already. We knew that there were geometric structures up there on the moon. We knew that there were anomalies on the moon, okay? So when they discovered this, they said, oh, my goodness, we, we're going to send people up there, but we can't let them see what, we're, you know, what we know is there uh, because this is a, you know, the secrecy thing that they're, they're, they've been putting on us for so long uh, in terms of uh, suppressing the information. So what they did was they literally did some Hollywood screen tests. Now, some of the shots are real. Some of the okay. shots of the limb, even the command module, descending, landing, ascending uh, back to the command module. And some of the shots that you've gotten, some of the photos that we've gotten are actually moon photos from the actual mission, Apollo 11, and some of the other missions. But a lot of the other footage uh, was Hollywood footage. Uh, literally Hollywood, Hollywood-style, you know, uh, you know, fake footage. Wow, that and, reminds me of the movie Capricorn One. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And Kubrick, uh, there's a you know there's an interview with him online where he was where he's being kind of um, talked to about doing it, but people never saw or don't see the second half of that interview where he's being the person that's interviewing him is being belligerent and forcing him to say certain things, and that's a very rare piece, a very rare clip that it was almost eradicated from YouTube, but uh, that clip can still be found till this day, where he's actually been forced to say a lot of the things that he was uh, you know that he was saying in the beginning of the mm -hmm. interview. But the fact is, part of the part of the moon landing was faked to present a different reality to the general population of the Earth. Meanwhile, there was a complete mission to go up there and acquire information, photos, videos, whatever they could of what remnant of ancient civilization could have been up there and how old it may have been and what type of technology could be available. And once you make this information available to the general public, then you've got to share it with them. And that takes away your power because knowledge is power. Is it is it possible then that the heaven that everyone talked about being in the sky was actually in the, on the moon? Uh, it's possible, but typically when they say heaven, they're talking about space. Right. Um, and in the ancient Sumerian tablets, there's this one uh, epic where uh, two mm -hmm. of the Sumerians actually take a trip to the moon, and the atmosphere was so thin that they had to put on their eagles' masks, which are like obviously helmets to, for for breathing. They even took a trip to Mars and they had to put on their eagle's mask because the atmosphere was so thin. Uh, and they stayed up there for a very long time and they actually ended up building an entire city on the moon and both on Mars. So, uh, and this is some text that predates the Bible. So are, are, are you saying that the, the structures that people have talked about being on the moon were actually built by humans? Built by humanoids. Humanoids. Uh, the Anunnaki. Yeah, the Anunnaki that came here in mm -hmm. uh, over 450,000 years ago, according to the to the tablets, right? Uh, that were left behind. There's over over a million tablets have been discovered now, so it's not a secret anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, they literally were the Atlanteans. They call themselves the sons of Atlantis uh, in the Emerald Tablets, and they literally were a interplanetary civilization. They weren't just a, a a civilization that lived on a ringed island. They were literally an interplanetary civilization. So whatever happened to Atlantis, and where is the remnants of it? Well, the uh, Atlantis itself, the Ring City, was more like a capital on Earth. Right. Like the capital of the planet itself, not just the capital of a city, you know, I mean, or it was literally the capital of the Earth. And, and that, that sank, part of it sank, and part of it took off into the sky. So uh, that alludes to the fact that maybe the center uh, piece of it was a, the center dome may have been a UFO of some sort, and the rest of it sank. Uh, most likely in the Atlantic Ocean, uh, and then the, the there was a war. There was a, a something called a pyramid war in the ancient texts, where uh, the second pyramid war. Uh, it appears that nuclear type weapons or weapons with a nuclear type of a signature were used because of all the descriptions in the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, and the ancient Sumerian tablets themselves. And the evidence can be found in the Indus Valley in Mohenjo-Daro. And even at Giza, when I visited Giza in Egypt, there's still glass in the sand till this very day from some of these blasts that they wow. talked about that were brighter than the sun and that uh, literally caused people here to fall out, uh, you know, caused their nails to fall off, bleeding out of the eyes, out of the ears and so forth. So, you know, signs of radiation sickness and a lot of the vitrification of the buildings and structures are still evident till this very day. So did, did humans actually go to the moon? In, in during the during the Apollo space program, uh, yeah, they definitely went to the moon. There's no doubt about it. 
humans went to the moon and gathered a lot of um, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not only did they go to the moon, right? Uh, but when Buzz uh, went to the moon on Apollo 11 and and was um, uh, out there on the moon surface, he actually looked across a crater and saw a UFO, several UFOs across the crater, land, and people got out to watch them. Hmm. Well, now, how, how, did, how did the Apollo mission get past the Van Allen belt? Okay, that's another great question. I'm glad you asked. This is another big myth that has been going on, the Van Allen radiation belt. Nobody yeah. can pass it. Well, <laughs> the fact is, Van Allen was so paranoid about the Van Allen radiation belt. Yes, he did discover it. Yes, it's a real belt that's out there, a radiation belt. Mm-hmm. It actually whips around on magnetic lines, magnetic fields of the Earth, magnetic field. It whips around and it has openings and gaps in between it. And once NASA discovered that there were gaps and pathways through it, uh, it was very easy to make a pathway. A trip to the moon is only three days. Not to mention, they also did a couple of tests with probes and discovered that the radiation belt, even at its thickest area, well, it would take a human being four months of sitting in the belt at stationary with mm. no radiation protection to take a, a lifetime fatal dose of radiation. So once they learned that, it was no big deal anymore. The, the Valen radiation belt has not been significantly researched by enough people in the current era, and they're still, still talking about old dogma that has long since passed. Everybody's already gotten over that in the scientific community. In your opinion, do you think that a secret space program is actually continuing and has continued to go to the moon? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. They're going to the moon and beyond. There's a spaceship we have called the X-37B. It's owned by the United States military. Mm-hmm. And one just came back. They make their launches and their landings public. Uh, but they just don't tell you what they're taking up and what they're bringing down. These are cargo ships l- lifting off from Earth. Uh, these They look very similar to the space shuttle, but a lot more advanced. And NASA has called them... And uh, U.S. Air Command has called them the most advanced shuttles we've, we, we've ever had. One took a two over a two-year trip to space, and it just landed a couple of months ago. Hey, Billy, we've got to we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Fascinating information. Billy Carson right. is our special guest. www.forbiddenknowledge.com, and that's the number forbiddenknowledge.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back, everyone. Billy Carson is our special guest. And if you'd like to find out more about Billy, his website is ForbiddenKnowledge.com. That's the number four, B-I-D-D-E-N-K-N-O-W-L-E-D-G-E.com. Billy, thanks so much for joining us. Great having you with us, and congratulations on your Gaia specials. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Let me ask you this question, Billy. What is on the dark side of the moon? There is an entire civilization on the dark side of the moon. And I think dark side is even an elusive term that we use just because that's what, we, what we've been told and what we think about from our perspective of Earth. But the moon has day and night on all sides, just like we do here on Earth. So we call it the dark side because we can't see it because the moon is in a geosynchronous orbit with the planet Earth itself. Mm-hmm. But we sent um, a, uh, several missions up there. The Clementine, one of the most famous military satellite missions to map the, the opposite side of the moon, or what we call the dark side, right. and even uh, bumped into some structures and crashed up there. Uh, so there's, there's objects up there that are pretty high off the surface of the planet, uh, off the surface of the moon, uh, and uh, some amazing photos came back, which are on NASA.gov for the general population to download, and you will see the most amazing anomalies that you've ever seen on those images. I, I keep on wanting to ask the same question, Billy. Why the cover-up? Why not just explain it? If the information is available on NASA website, what, what, what is, you know, what's the big secret then? The Brookings report came out um, you know, <laughs> long before we got uh, to the moon. And right. some of the questions were asked, what, what, you know, this is like an advisory board for uh, the the uh, inf- you know releasing information about extraterrestrial life, mm-hmm. and they basically came back to NASA and the military industrial complex and said, if you release this information, there's going to be mayhem, there's going to be an economic collapse, the religious system, which is a multi-trillion-dollar industry, will collapse, the oil industry will collapse, technologies that are based and built on petroleum will collapse, and as you know, 80% of everything we have, all the plastics, your laptop case, your cell phone case, you know, your, your, your jug of milk, everything is made yeah. from petroleum. Uh, that industry will collapse when these technologies would, would be released to the general population or information about them. We would demand them free energy, no more FPNL, no more Con Ed, no more power companies. All that would go bye-bye. With all the people who have been hacking into databases and releasing top secret information how come this information hasn't been released and downloaded by wikileaks and other organizations uh actually um there was a gentleman that uh hacked into nasa for he was in there for two years mm-hmm. um and he was actually uh the united states wanted to extradite him from from the uk is that terence mckenna uh not terence mckenna no his name was um it loses me right this exact okay. moment here but when he was in there um, he actually discovered uh, spreadsheets in there that talked about space flight. It talked about terrestrial and non-terrestrial officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had images of U.S. Air Force-owned um, Space Command ships. And those images looked like the ships described in the uh, you know, infamous um, uh, space program that was started by Ronald Reagan in the 1980s, or ordered to be started by Ronald Reagan in the 1980s. Uh, so there's, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff going out there, you know, people saying, you know, you know whistleblowers, but this particular guy mm-hmm. actually said he got in and the United States military wanted to get him. Then what happened was England withheld ex- extraditing him. I think that everybody realized that he would have to go to court and start exposing real secrets. So they just hushed it up and they, they didn't l- allow the extradition. Um. I, I, I see that you gave some information about um, Apollo 11 black, spo- black box t- 
tapes. Mm -hmm. What are on these tapes, and how come we don't hear about them? Yeah, this is another thing. This is public record, and a lot of people just don't know because, you know, who goes looking for black box tapes from 1969? <laughs> so, yeah, no, exactly. You know, I say, hey, it's black box. But there, there was a black box on the Apollo missions, and the Apollo 11 in particular, anybody can go and download the black box uh, manuscript and PDF from NASA.gov. I can even send you the link if you want to give it to your viewers. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely send it over to you. Thank you. Um, and uh, it says, this one particular section on uh, page four, uh, row 96-97, where one of the astronauts says, boy, there must be nothing more desolate than to be inside of one of these craters, the conical ones. So they're talking about dome structures. And then the other uh, astronaut says, the people that live in there probably never get out. Wow. Okay, so... And there's some some more fire. I mean, some more amazing statements that have been made in this black box. And the voice file for this is available for download as well, believe it or not. So you can download the voice file and you can download the manuscript. Uh, you know, a lot of it has been redacted, but that particular statement, those statements there were not redacted for whatever reason. It's almost like somebody left some crumbs behind for us. Do you think that they they leave certain crumbs for us on purpose? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. You know, just I was doing a, a re, some research on um, the Opportunity rover uh, on Mars, and mm -hmm. I came across this one section that had these amazing anomalies that clearly were not rocks, in my opinion. So I posted it on the uh, Opportunity rover and uh, Mars rover page on the official NASA Facebook page, and one of the technicians from NASA uh, liked it and gave me the wink eye underneath it. You know, so I think that <laughs> definitely... <laughs> I think they're definitely leaving crumbs out here for us to find and kind of almost like a drip-by-drip drip soft disclosure. Oh, my gosh. People like myself and organizations like the one I, I'm a part of are kind of leaking the information for them to the public. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the United Family of Anomaly Hunters. Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity that I stumbled across a few years ago when I was doing my own anomaly hunting by myself. I came across a couple of Facebook groups that were doing mm -hmm. the same thing, and we became very close friends. and. There were a few more of us out there, and you know, some of the most elite of the elite hunters that really knew how to find these anomalies and bring them out. And I said, look, I, got, I think we'd be a lot better if we, if we joined together, joined forces under one umbrella and kind of consolidated our work together so that we can really have laser focus and really put out the best anomalies to the public. Exactly. And, and that's exactly what we did. So we formed the United Family of Anomaly Hunters, uh, and to date we've downloaded well over a million images from the European Space Agency, NASA, and also the uh, Russian and Indian space agencies. Uh, and, and we've cataloged now over 50,000 anomalies uh, on various moons and planets in our solar system. Anomalies on various moons and planets in the solar system. So it's just not the moon and Mars where these anomalies appear. Oh, no, no. Uh, the anomalies that I discovered on Venus made international news as well as on Mercury. I discovered an over one mile wide structure on Mercury at the back, uh, at the basin, right behind some type of um, a giant lake. And people say, oh, there can't be a lake on Mercury. Well, no, no, no. NASA came out two years ago and made it official that there's organic material on Mercury and billions of tons of water on Mercury. And everything that they learned about Mercury must change. They rewrite, rewriting all the books about Mercury now because they discovered that there's billions of tons of water on Mercury, and because of its slow rotation on its axis, 
most of the planet is never in, in direct sunlight. Uh, and uh, there's massive structures there. There's structures on Venus. Um, the, there were 14 missions to Venus by Russia called the, um, uh, not the Mariner, but the, um, I forget the name of this particular mission, but these were drone, drones that they would land directly on, uh, directly on the surface of, uh, of Venus. And these drones would go down by parachute. Now, if it's so hot and molten, raining molten lead, what kind of parachute can survive that kind of descent? Um, you know, so, I mean, if, if, if the parachutes are that amazing, we should make everything out of the material from those parachutes. Exactly. <laughs> so these, you know, so these objects descended, they, these drones, and they sent back photos. And some of these photos show anomalies on descent. And some show objects directly in front of mm. the actual probe on the ground. And over a three-day period, these particular objects move into different positions until they're gone. Uh, and they look like crabs in a way, land crabs. You know, this is a, a famous thing. And NASA's explanation was it might be a fallen lens cap. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, oh, the Venera missions is what they call the Venera missions by Russia. There's 14 of them. You can look them up on Wikipedia. So there's anomalies everywhere. Is there a connection, in your opinion, between the people that created these objects and humans on Earth? Absolutely. Um, the the Anunnaki are the most recent ones that we can you know talk about because we have a lot of written documentation mm -hmm. about them, who they were, and, and where they came from. They interacted with humans. There was even a situation where the Ajiji, which were the working class Anunnaki, who were working at a way station on Mars, got fed up that they didn't have any women and actually came to Earth and took women back to Mars with them. This is, a, again, another section of the Bible where, you know, the, the, sons, of, the sons of God came and, and took yes. the daughters of men in Genesis 6. Uh, they took, you know, so they took human women back to Mars with them uh, and made it with them and had children with them. These are considered to be some called the Nephilim and so forth. Uh, you know, so we, we had um, offspring that were human that had access to technology, better understanding of building, uh, space travel, and so forth. And we have, at one point, you know, as, as a, just a species, maybe not everybody privy to it, but as a species, yes, we have been to other planets and moons in this solar system and even beyond. There's even an epic where we actually traveled outside of the solar system to meet up on this other planet where these beings claim to be from. Amazing, truly amazing. What, yeah. With all the traveling that we've been done, doing to other planets in and out of our solar system, what, what have we brought back that we can point to and say, this is from another planet? Well, the, the, the data from Mars is the most intriguing. And I say Mars because we have the most data. I mean, we have literally, we meaning the world, yes. have literally spent trillions of dollars on Mars. Trillions, Okay. I'm talking about hundreds of missions, and all they keep coming back with. Now they say we we have running water on Mars. We've got you know they show a mountain. I couldn't believe it. They actually showed a mountain on TV with water running down the side of the mountain. NASA did in a press release saying, "Oh, there's there's billions of tons of water on Mars." Well, we knew that from a very long time ago. There's even more up there than people know. There's oxygen. There's everything else. But the fact that these these anomalies that are cataloged that we have. We, anybody can go and pull down for themselves because we always leave the actual source image link mm -hmm. and find that these there was a global catastrophe there. There was a civilization there thriving at one point. 
Most of the structures appear to be uh, have you know been flooded over with, with water and mud and everything else. Some are still standing, but the remnants of what are up there at some in some areas seem to be more advanced than we have had here on Earth. Uh, so there's there's evidence of a technologically advanced society, and NASA has this data because the rover, the Mars rover that's there now, the most advanced one, has video, it has sound. We don't have any of the video. We don't, we don't have any of the sound. They keep, keep that for themselves. And they have all the HD 1080p images. We only get the lower quality images. What they're calling, what they're giving us as HD is really SD. Uh, you know, so, but sure. they have the evidence. They have the information. They have it all. They have it all. Billy, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Exxon Nation, Billy Carson is our guest of this hour. Fascinating hour here in the Exxon. Billy's uh, website is www.4biddenknowledge.com. That's 4biddenknowledge.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if, to find out about the programming we have available for you on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Billy Carson is our guest. ForbiddenKnowledge.com is his website. And Billy, um, talking about Mars, what's the what's the real story behind the 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 uh, face on Mars that was talked about for so many years, going back a couple of uh, back what maybe 10, 15 years, and all of a sudden nothing disappeared. Yeah, no. Uh, well, <laughs> the the we got some amazing images of this uh, face on Mars. Uh, really, it was actually in the, uh, I think it was the late 70s, the first shot was actually taken of it. But um, it, it strike a lot of uh, controversy. And when, when I guess the powers that be realized that this thing is a real structure and people are going to start asking real questions and they're going to want to know what is going on up there. 
and also the fact that that Mars is, is, is in the area called Cydonia, which is an actual mirror image of this place on Earth called Avebury in the UK. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm talking down to the millimeter, it matches up. The structures and anomalies match up to land monuments here on Earth. And <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you think about that and you go, wait a minute, there's mounds in Avebury, UK. This is very close to Stonehenge. Right. Where the, you know, there's, there's, there's a couple of objects that line up to the same exact anomalies, like what we would consider pyramid complex and some of the other things on Earth and matching to Cydonia on Mars where the face is located. Uh, that's some amazing stuff. So the face is there. Uh, and now, according to the ancient Sumerian text, it's a burial site built in honor of Alalu, who was the first Anunnaki to uh, to come here to get through the what they call the hammered bracelet, which is the asteroid belt, and make it to the inner planet, which is Earth, and discover that we had gold in our waters. Um, and uh, Alalu had a battle with Anu, uh, and he lost. And uh, in the, in, while he when he was losing this battle, he decided to dismember <laughs> Anu, and that got him uh, a death sentence. So he was sent to to die on Mars. And he was buried where that structure, that where that face is. What, where do the pyramids play in the big scheme of things? There, there, ha, you know, I've always believed there was a there was a, a sky connection with the pyramids. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely, they're aligned to many star. You know, the Sirius, uh, uh, Sirius A and B. They're aligned to the Orion. Mm -hmm. And and you know, I believe that these uh, these beings came from these different star systems. Uh, and leading all the way back to the Pleiades, because uh, there's a lot of reference to the Pleiades, uh, Pleiadian star cluster in a lot of the ancient texts, tablets, and some of the artifacts that can be discovered as well. And even a reference in the Bible and also uh, um, uh, a couple of other books that are you know, really historical. Uh, so I think that um, the pyramids were built, according to the Emerald Tablets, around 36 to 50,000 years ago, not what their scientists are saying right now. And the reason why I say that is because when you look at the Sphinx, which was yeah. built around the same time, it's aligned to the constellation of Leo, but the precisionary period that it's aligned to is not to 13,000 years ago. It's go back, you know, go back on two more precisional periods, and now all of a sudden you're at that 36 to 40,000 year range where the Sphinx was built. And the watering now has been, the watering or the aging of the Sphinx from water has been looked at by a lot of geologists. Now they're saying that that's about the right time frame to get this kind of water damage on the Sphinx. Uh, so now you, you, you're thinking, okay, wow. And when you read the Emerald Tablets, which are mm -hmm. dated back to about 36,000 years, Thoth himself says he built the Great Pyramid. So now you have uh, a person an ancient person saying that he's responsible for building the Great Pyramid, and you have the, the, the Sphinx being dated or aged by water damage back to that time period. So I'm thinking it's about 36 to 40, to 40 maybe even 50,000 years ago, that those, those objects were built and constructed here on Earth, long before modern humans were, uh, were doing a lot of work. I think that they constructed those objects with their own man, you know, their own labor. Is there any is there any sign that uh, this planet has gone through several different ages? For example, where we brought the planet to a highly technically advanced society, and then, due to our own stupidity, we we actually destroyed what we had, and we had to start all over again. Uh, absolutely, I truly do believe that, 
And if you study, uh, you know, some of the Indian texts, mm-hmm. uh, you come across the yugas. Uh, and these yugas are in the shape of a wheel. And it's kind of like the cycles that you just talked about. Right. And, you know, so at the top of that wheel, you have the Sataya Yuga or the gold, what we will call the golden age, where everything is phenomenal. Technology is, is at its highest level. We're traveling the stars. You know, people people don't die from, you know, dumb diseases. There's war. There's no war. There's nothing but peace. Money is, is uh, not, you know, the cash system has not, we have now that doesn't exist. And then at the end of about, uh, you know, 12 or 14,000 years, we enter the uh, Treta Yuga, which was, is like the, the silver uh, Yuga, and we're, we're silver age, and we're starting now to descend. Uh, greed is creeping in, monetary systems are creeping back in, uh, undermining is creeping back in as we go down into the Bronze Age where maybe even it could be due to a geological event. It could be an asteroid strike. It could be war. Whatever the case may be, it seems like this always happens at, uh, at these time frames. Uh, and then we start rolling back up again through the silver and back up into the gold. And right now we're actually in the silver age heading into the gold, even though it's a couple thousand years away, but in geological time scales, that's a blink of an eye. So we're at the beginning of seeing the end of the silver and as we usher mankind back into the golden age where there's an awakening, awakening of consciousness, understanding, uh, and peace on this planet. Let, let me give you a hypothetical situation. Let us say that the squabble between North Korea and um, the United States continues and the button is pushed, the missiles are fired. What are visitors from outer space intervene? I believe so. They already have, actually. Uh, and if, if you go back to the 2010 Disclosure Conference that was broadcast live on CNN worldwide, where you had all the nuclear missiles officers come forward uh, and talk about UFOs coming to the bases and shutting down the nukes in broad daylight all around the world uh, at these what they call nuclear flights. And these flights are... These, um, these silos that are, you know, thousands of acres out in the middle of nowhere all around the planet that's controlled by the United States military. And these, uh, these objects would come out and, 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 and uh, these flying UFOs would come out, hover over the silos and scare the living daylights out of all the officers and everybody else involved and actually, you know, shut down nukes, mm-hmm. deactivate all the codes. Uh, and uh, so this was an amazing thing. And as a matter of fact, I have that on my Forbidden Knowledge Facebook page. It's actually the pinned video so they can watch the whole hour and a half uh, video from 2010 of all these officers coming forward and are willing to testify before Congress uh, to this. That the, you know, I mean, you're talking about the most secure airspace in the yeah. world is a military nuclear base. Right, but, but we're, not ta- we're not talking about a real congressional hearing. We were talking about a, a made-up congressional hearing that was... You know, that was hosted by Stephen Bassett from the Disclosure Project. And, you know, I've had, I've had uh, Robert Salas on the show, and he was part of that, uh, that missile, that missile um, stand-down uh, that you were just talking about. And I have to ask you a question. You know, when it comes to the, the, uh, the credibility of somebody who's taken an oath and then breaks his oath, mm-hmm. how do we take him serious? Well, these guys are retired and they're very old and they're basically getting ready to pass on to the next, you know, stage of life. Mm-hmm. 
And um, they, this is, these are, these are the type of secrets that they don't, that they don't want to take to the grave with them. They think that um, the people of the planet Earth deserve to know the truth. And um, you know, sometimes you take an oath, but there's, there's always still a right and a wrong. And I think they chose the right path. I think the right path in their particular situation, now that it has been long gone, many decades have passed, um, that they let people know that there is something going on here that has come to this planet and has visited mm -hmm. some of the most you know, highly guarded bases on this planet and deactivated our nukes. Right. I just don't think that there's going to be a nuclear war on this planet. And may, I'm not saying a nuclear bomb would not go off somewhere, but I'm saying an all-out nuclear war. I just don't see it happening. I think they would intervene and stop it from happening. Listen, we've got about a minute left. Um, what are your final thoughts and uh, words for the Exo Nation tonight, uh, Billy? I just want to say, look, I appreciate everybody. Thank you for having me on. Um, always do your research on everything. Don't take anybody's word for anything. Research everything you hear. Write down. Take notes. And really dig in. I mean, don't, not just a couple, of, a couple of Google searches. I mean, really dig mm -hmm. in deep, get books, look into deep information and cross-reference information so that you can make, come up with your own educated uh, you know, decision based off of all of the available uh, information that's out there. All right, Billy, your website is ForbiddenKnowledge.com. Uh, what about uh, Pantheon uh, Elite Records? How can our listeners find out more about that? Because you, you deal in a conscious music record label. Absolutely, please. This is something new that's happening. We've hit the charts three times with conscious music. Just go to PantheonEliteRecords.com, PantheonEliteRecords.com, and you'll get some of the most amazing music there uh, that uh, is totally safe for everybody to listen to. Billy, I want to thank you so much for joining us and uh, taking time out of your busy day, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the Exxon. Okay. Until then, take care, my friend. Thank you. All right, Exxon Nation, once again, if you'd like to get more information on Billy Carson, his website is www.forbiddenknowledge.com. Don't forget, that's the number, forbiddenknowledge.com. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Breaking news, Exxon Nation. Starting November the 15th at 7 a.m. in the morning, the all-new XZBN Channel 365 News Talk, Music, and Information. That's right. Visit www. Are you ready? XZBNChannel365.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. <laughs> 